Praise God. God is so good. Well, praise God. I, praise, I pray that everyone has started setting an appointment with God. Can I have an amen? amen. Whether you did or not, say amen. That way I know. And uh, I've got a message tonight to share with you that <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, I've never seen it. And in uh, the way I'm going to preach it to you tonight, I mean, I've read the scripture so many times, but that's the beautiful thing about the Lord. You know, you can read a scripture and read a scripture and read a scripture and read a scripture, read a scripture for 20 years. And all of a sudden you read it one day and it just looks like it's brand new, fresh and new. And that's because the word of God's alive. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I want you to get your Bibles out and go to the book of Revelation. Just turn to the back, get past the get. If you went too far, you're in the index back there. Just get to the book of Revelation, chapter 19. Now, I'm still preaching on hearing the voice of God. And I just encourage you, if you've just now turned, tuned in and just listened to this first one, there's a whole lot of messages. You just have to go back and, and listen to them uh, and, and, and get caught up on hearing the voice of God because I don't want to go back and review. If I do, I'll never get anywhere tonight. But uh, I, I did talk last Wednesday, and I don't know about y'all, but I mean, I went home and took notes on that message because uh, of what I preached, I didn't have in my notes. And so uh, I had to go back and, you know, write my own notes up over that thing. Uh, it's just we've got to come to an understanding that God and his word, without a foundation of the word of God in our lives, we have nothing. We do not have a relationship with Jesus. And it's not enough to say, oh, well, I, you know. I learned what sword drill was all about when I was in certain church, or I, I, I you know, I know the, I know the stories. I know the. Uh, you know, that's not enough, church. It's, it's about abiding in Him, and He said that if His Word abides in you, okay, then that's something different. A word abiding in you. It's not just you know it. It's not just in your head. It's not just. It's your life. It's everything. And and like I said last week. If you can't lay the situations of life in the foundation of the word and find the answers, you're going to come up short. You're always going to come up short. And so I, I mean, literally the Holy Ghost took me to this. And so I want you to see, look at Revelations chapter 19. And I want to share something with you. It, it, it ties off with the message last week. But I want to start reading. Where am I here? I want to start reading in uh, 6, verse 6, Revelation 19, 6. And it says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of the great multitude and the voice of the many waters, and as the voice of the mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage supper of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Now just stop right there for a second. Now, I don't, I don't even pretend to be a great, great, great theologian in the, in the realms of, of the book of Revelation. There's a lot of things in there. I have my thoughts, and I, that, but that's not really what I'm wanting you to see tonight. What I want you to see is there's an event taking place. You know how Jesus, he went and, you know, he would, he would be teaching the people, but he'd t teach them in a parable. And he'd come out there and he'd say, you know, he'd, 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 you know the ten virgins or, you know, whatever, the pearl of great price, or he'd have these these. You know, I don't know what you want to say, little stories, little parables that he would teach the people with. Right. And so 
Uh, you know, the, and, and so many times in the scriptures, it's you have an ability to read the scriptures and he's meaning one thing. But then if you just turn it just a little bit, then you can see another meaning for something else over here, you know. And then if you turn it a little bit more over this way, then you see something else, you know, and that's the way the word is. It's a living word. It's a live word. Right. And so I realized this is Revelation 19. is one of the most exciting chapters in the Bible. And I realized we all could get into end time eschatology and thinking about Jesus coming back. But I want you to look at something differently because I want you just to turn this a little bit differently and look at it tonight. So what's happened and taking place in heaven is the marriage supper of the Lamb's taking place. All right. That's all the saints that are caught up in the rapture. All the saints that have already been in heaven have all sat down and had the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be there. Okay. And so so then it says. Um. Let's just read on. Verse 8. And, he, and, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the, linen, the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said to me, okay, so just look at that picture. The, 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 the fine linen, the linen robe is representing something. It's representing the righteousness of the saints, right? Okay. How many of you ever wanted to go somewhere? You're getting ready to go out. And, you know, especially around here, you brush up against the side of your car, got cleats all over you, right? And all of a sudden you're over there trying to get it all off, right? You know, say, oh my gosh, I was going to go out and now I look like a pig, right? Okay, but this marriage supper takes place and everybody's in the righteousness that Jesus has bought for us. Okay? Okay, so, so then he says, And blessed are those that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And they said unto me, These are the true witnesses. And I fell at his feet to worship. And he said to me, See thou do not, see that you do not, for I'm a fellow servant and the brethren. And that have a testimony of Jesus and worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I want you to take place. Now, verse 11 starts a new scene. And I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true in righteousness. And he doth judge and make war. OK. And his eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with his vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with he should smite the nations, and he will rule over them with a rod of iron, and he that treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God. Amen? Okay, so this is one of the scriptures that I really, I really, 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 really live for to see fulfilled. When we get to come back with Jesus on white horses. I mean, this is one of my most exciting scriptures. If I'm having a bad day, I go and I read Revelation 19 and I say, Lord, that day's coming. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm coming back. It don't make any difference if I die on this earth and I'm already in heaven or if I'm raptured to the saints. I'm coming back with you on that deal. It's the most exciting, unbelievable thing I could think. And I can't think of anything cooler than coming back on a horse with Jesus. Okay, so. Here's this marriage supper that's taking place in heaven, right? All the saints that have been with Jesus that have gotten saved are there. It's going to be one big banquet hall, right? Okay. So this is what happened when I began to read this with the eyes of looking at it, turned it just a little bit, looking at it with all this message I've been teaching about hearing God, hearing the voice of God and the word of God being the foundation in life. Now I want you to just look at this again. We'll go back to verse 11. 
It says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon him was called faithful and true in righteousness. And he judges and makes war. You know, one of the things that's always been told us in the scriptures, it's the scripture, one, for instance, Joshua 21, 45, says, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken in the house of Israel. All came to pass. Right? So why wouldn't his name be faithful? Right? Scripture says when we're not faithful, he's still faithful. How about Isaiah 55, 11? Now just, just get it. His name's called faithful and true, and he judges in righteousness. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth, right? It's not going to return to me void. No, the word of God can never be stopped. The word of God is always going to accomplish everything it's sent out to do. Why? Because he's faithful. Because he's true. So why wouldn't his name be written on him, faithful and true? Right. And this is in verse 13, Revelation 19, 30. He was clothed, the robe dipped in his blood and, and the name is called. Huh. So in faithfulness, righteousness and truth. And what's his name? The word of God. OK, if you don't have a foundation in your life of the word of God, then how can he be faithful and true to you? Because he's faithful and true to his word. And if you don't have that foundation in your life, well, how can he, this story he's showing us right here, I'm coming back, I'm faithful and true, and they call me the Word of God. Let me tell you what, the Word of God will never let you down. You may think God will let you down, you may think the Word's got, oh, there's all these, you know, I have found people in life, they all say, oh, there's contradictions about this, that, and the other, but I have found that if you really sit down and talk with those people, they didn't want to love their brother, so therefore they had to find something to to try to make the word not fit. So they said, well, I don't really have to do that. That's the whole, that's the whole cusp of it. Because the truth of the matter is, you could take just the simplest 10 teachings Jesus had and spend your whole life just trying to live them. Forget about everything else. Right? But they want to make a, a, a big hoorah out of something. Because, see, they don't want the word in their life. But I'm telling you, the word, I mean, here is... Here is, it's not a parable, it's an actual a revealing of what it's going to look like at the end. It's not really a parable, but it has two meanings here. He literally is coming back. He literally is faithful and true. He literally is going to have, his name, the word of God on him, right? But symbolically, he's saying, my word is just like me coming back to defeat the devil. And are you going to use my word, which I have given you now on this earth, to defeat the devil in your life? Are you going to see that there's only one that's going to make it from heaven? I'm coming back on a white horse. I'm coming back and all my vestments dipped in blood. And it says that he, the word of God is what's going to come back and destroy the devil. And so why wouldn't the devil want to get you not to read it? Why wouldn't he get you? He knows that's what's going to bust him in the chops when the end. The living word of God is coming back to just smoke him. You say, well, well you're, you're stretching the truth. No, I'm not. What does is, what is John, the gospel of John chapter one, one say? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made and in him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines into the darkness, but the darkness didn't comprehend it. 
Oh, then take it down to verse 14. And the word, just look at this, became flesh. It's Jesus. The same one that's coming back in Revelation 19 when it's about to all be over with and he's returning. He's returning with the word of God. I am the word. See, folks, you got to understand something. This is not ink on paper. This is Jesus. He is the word of God that became flesh. And when he was flesh on this earth, we called him Jesus. But he started out as the word. When he comes back, written on him, the word of God. Y'all follow him in this. Okay. So go to verse 14. I'm in Revelation 19, 14. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Look at the word. He followed. They followed him. Now, I doubt you're sitting in heaven. Like I've always said, I, I, this, whole, this whole thing just intrigues me of all of us, you know, on horses. And, 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 and you know, just think how many, how many people. And horses and I mean, are they all going to behave? Are they going to be frisky? Are they going to be messing around? Are they just all stoked and standing right there all in attention? Are they horses? I mean, if you've ever been on a horse, you know, you're taking your life in your own hands. As soon as you get on the saddle, you don't know what's going through that little peanut brain of his. He's going to try to find a tree and rake you off or he's going to uh, he's going to pitch your buck or he feels a little frisky that morning or he got the girt too tight or the girt too loose. Hello? Or a bumblebee might fly by. I had this horse that I trained one time. I always wanted to train a horse. And, and I bought a young colt. He was green broke. Almost killed me three or four or five times. But <clears throat> one thing I never could get this horse used to was I could be riding along. We had worked cattle all day long. His head was just down. He was tired. We'd just be walking back to the barn or where we were going. And he'd just be so gentle. But if I reached up and went to take my coat off, this horse would explode. When he saw my coat, like I got one arm out and I'm coming around there. When he saw that coat on the back of him, that dude would go nuts. I never could break him over. And I put sacks all over him. I did everything in the world. But that horse would go. He'd start shying to the side, whichever one it was. And we'd go in circles. And I mean, literally, I had to throw the coat off. As soon as I threw the coat off, he'd turn around and say, whoa. He had to go back later and pick my coat up. And I'd try to get the coat off real easy, you know, like kind of get both shoulders down or something, you know. And man, if you got both hands down and I didn't have nothing to hold on to, then it was really going to be a wreck. But my point is that they're all standing there. I don't know how it's going to look, right? We're all, you know, innumerable multitudes of people on white horses, right? But the key is here, they were following Jesus. Nobody's breaking off and going, I wonder what's over here and taking their horse and leading them off over there, leading them off over there. We're all sitting in attention, following him. Wow, shouldn't that be the way we are following the word of God? Just with all of our attention and everything on it, just standing, just, just, just say, Lord, what does your word say? Your word never grows old. It's never going to get out of style. It's never going to get, it's not, oh, the, the new generations come up and they don't know the word. So we have to change the word. We have to do something different. Oh, we have to move, move and mold the word to fit the situation. No way. We're supposed to follow the word. You want to know what to do in life? Follow the word. What is my purpose in life, Lord? Follow the word. We're supposed to follow the word just like we're going to follow Literally, the word out of heaven. And anybody says, what are we supposed to do? Follow the word. What are we supposed to do? Follow the word. 
So then that would be the reason why 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And then what's it going to do? It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why? Because the Word's going to complete us because we're following the Word. You're not going to have a choice when you're sitting on your white horse there in heaven to go somewhere else, go a different direction. We're going to follow the Word. Okay? We're going to follow the Word. Now, look at this. Revelation 19, 15. What happens here? Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. So what does Hebrews 4.12 tells us? Uh, the Word of God, it's living, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The sword, folks, I mean, I, when I read this, I'm just like, when I'm looking at it, I'm just like, you, you can't paint any other picture but God trying to show us here, here is my word. I am the word. It's written on me. My name is the word of God. And I'm coming back and y'all are going to follow me. And my, the sword coming out of my mouth is going to take all the nations down. And I'm telling you, the word's living and powerful. The word. The word's living and powerful. What happens if the word starts coming out of your mouth? It's the same sword of the Lord going in to destroy those principalities and powers and rulers and of anything that's coming against you. You say, well, how does it work? Well, it happens just like it. How's Jesus going to destroy the whole army? I don't know. He said he is. He said sword's going to come in his mouth and destroy them all. He's going to destroy all the nations with his word, the sword coming out of his mouth. Well, then don't you think you might can push down a few devils around your life? He's destroying the whole nations. What do you think you stand up in the morning and you start boldly confessing out of your mouth? The word starts boiling out of your mouth in the morning. And you, you're by faith believing it. You're speaking it. Well, I prayed, I prayed, and I didn't see nothing happen. Well, you didn't pray right. It's in faith in the word of God coming out of your mouth. Do you think Jesus is going to hold his horse up there and say, okay, daddy, you really behind me? Is this really going to work? I don't think so. Why? Because he always was the word. He always was. He was in the beginning with God and then he became flesh and we call him Jesus. But he is the word of God. So then every every morning you should just be like. I mean, perched up on top of your Bible, digging at it. Say, I want the word for today, Lord. I want that sword to come out of my mouth. I want to slay me a devil today. I remember years ago I was reading um, the story of. David and Goliath <clears throat> over there in 1 Samuel 17. And uh, I was reading it and I was, you know, I was envisioning the whole story as I was reading it. And, you know, here's David. I'm trying to you know, like kind of think about what the terrain would have been like. And you're going and, and he has this little sling going and everything and the giant. And, you know, I was just I was just just I don't know if I was right or not. I was just trying to think up the whole thing. He's got this big shield. Had to have men carry the shield. It's so big. And how big was the, the bullseye that he was shooting at? You know, and all these kind of things. And how the angel, I believe it happened this way, was out there with his finger just timed it just right as David slung that rock. And he just kind of give a little Holy Ghost flick to it. Right? I mean, I'm just dreaming all this stuff. And then the, the Spirit of God spoke to me down here in my still small voice when I was reading that story. And he says, you can be a giant killer by the Holy Ghost if you want to. And I'm like, what? 
He said, you can be a giant killer by the Holy Ghost if you want to. And I said, what do I got to do? And he said, just get the word coming out of your mouth. And so I have that scripture down in my Rhema notes. And whenever I'm praying in the morning, I'll get up and confess, Lord, I thank you according to 1 Samuel 17, 50. I'm a giant killer by the Holy Ghost. I'm killing me some giants this morning, Lord. While I'm letting the word come out of my mouth and declare what the word of God says about me and my family and this church and, and the ministry and the world and what God's got going on and what God's going to do and his plans and purposes for our lives. You see, folks, this is what he's trying to show us is that the word, the word always works. Back over in verse 19, Revelation 19, 19, it says, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. You see, there's something about that devil that he's stupid enough to think he might win. The devil knows you're a Christian. The devil knows you're saved. The devil knows that you know the word. The devil knows that you can get stirred up. You'll quote the word. But he's hoping that day you may just get a little discouraged. He's hoping that day that you just may just just get dis discouraged and sit down and not let some word fly. He's hoping that you might get into grappling and murmuring that morning. He's hoping that you just you, you just might be reminiscing in, in things that you shouldn't be reminiscing in. You might be trying to drudge up old thoughts and old memories and old feelings that you had. And you just, you know, it might just be one of those days you just, you know, or just want to say, woe is me. Because he knows if you do, he's got you defeated that day. But for the Christian who rises up in the morning and begins to let the word of God come out of their mouth and begins to speak the word of God, because it is what they believe, not what they're hoping is going to happen, but because of what they believe. It's the foundation of their whole life. It's what it's the it's the love of their life. And when they begin to do that, I'm telling you, you, you may not see anything happen in the natural at that moment. But what does it tell us in 2 Corinthians? We don't look at the things that are seen. The things that are seen are temporal, but we look at the things that are not seen. So you have to take yourself into that realm and say, Lord, I, I, you know, I'm still looking and there's still, you know, whatever, sky and walls and whatever out here. But I just declare right now in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm standing in the courts of heaven and we're, we're tearing walls down. I'm running against troops this morning, Lord. I'm leaping over a wall. I'm killing. I'm a giant killer by the Holy Ghost this morning. I'm tearing things down because your word's coming out of me and your word never returns back void. And it's not me that has to make it work. It's you making it work because you are the word of God and it will not return to me void. How about this, this scripture? Revelations 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Therefore, they did not love their lives unto death. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. How about the word coming out of your mouth? So I want to challenge you. Go back and read Chapter 19, you say, well, I don't really know how that all fits in it. What really, just forget about that. Just look at what it says about the word of God coming back to earth. Because Jesus is coming back. He came back, the, I mean, he came the first time, and we know him as Jesus, but he was the word of God. He's coming back again, and he's still the word of God. This time he's got it written on him. He's coming back, and he's looking for people on this earth. He's looking for people on this earth that are like-minded with him. That are quoting the word of God, speaking the word of God, declaring the word of God, declaring, well, that's what God says. If God said it, that's so. Amen. So I'm not so sure that 
Maybe. I'm really stretching this one. But what if I'm really stretching this one? I'm just throwing this out there. But what if the amount of words you use on this earth has to do with how well you sit in the saddle when you're coming back with the word? <laughs> Hello? There's nothing worse than trying to break a saddle in. I don't know if you ever had the pleasure of trying to break a new saddle in, but if you do, uh, it's not a nice thing. There's some pain and agony goes through breaking a saddle in, all right? Because all the leather is still stiff and it's working against you. And it takes some time to get everything folded where it fits you and then everything's molding and going right to you. And, and you, you lose a lot, of, a lot of hair and a lot of skin until that takes place in places that are not real comfortable. So what if the amount, you can use the word here on this earth, all has to do with how well your saddles broke in when you get to heaven. I don't know about y'all, but I'd like to have one that just almost wore out. Right? I'd like to just get up there and they'd say, here's your saddle. You've been riding it forever. So oh, that, that looks like mine. I got it broke in good. Let me have it. Amen? If you've ever sat in a saddle and you didn't have the stirrups adjusted right, that can be bad too. So I want my saddle to fit when I get on my horse, right? And I'm just saying, I believe, like I said, I may be stretching it, but I believe that if you've already been working it on the, the word here on this earth, when you get to heaven, following the word is going to be pretty easy. Amen? So I just challenge you tonight, get in the word, get this word, get it, this is what I've been teaching you. Get it, let it abide in you because this is everything. And besides that, we're going to follow the word back. We might as well get used to it right now. Amen. 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 So praise God. Does that excite you? Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite chapters. I love it. I want to come back with Jesus and the horse. It's one of the things I live for. There's nothing I can imagine more exciting than that day. And I'm glad I'm going to be there. Amen. 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 So put your Bibles up, stand up, and let me pray over you. For all of you out there watching, listening, man, I'm telling you, these are some exciting times. It was exciting days. So just get the word in you. Let Jesus come inside to be the word that's the foundation of your life. So let me just pray with you. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. That people all over this world, Lord God, hear this message and they, they become to get excited about it. And they become to get excited about getting the word of God down on the inside of them to learn your word and to, to bask in your word. And Lord, just to have the word as the, the center and the essence of their life. Because Jesus, you are the word of God. That's what it means to have a relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray for them right now. All obstacles get out of the way. They'll set an appointment with God. They'll sit down and begin to, 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 to labor on this earth, get their saddle broken when they get to heaven, Lord. And I just pray over them, Lord, tonight I pray over you bless their finances, you bless their businesses, everything they put their hands to begins to prosper like they've never seen before. Because, Lord, even in these perilous times, even the things that are going on, you're still going to bless us and we're still going to walk in victory. So, Lord, give us a good word down in our heart for this rest of this week to go out and share with others and be light in the middle of darkness and bless everyone we come across, Lord. And we give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen, amen. God bless you, church.